0: Code of Conduct. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back for the second time in season two. Brought to you by the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. It is your boy Jay Spence. And I feel good I feel good I told y'all I'm in off-season mode so I took me a little break had to let myself get you know had to let myself get out of Bills mode (laughs) I couldn't even thoroughly enjoy the Super Bowl because I was in Bills mode I was still upset about the Kansas City Chiefs and the way they acted I was still upset about the Buffalo Bills not being there I was upset that Tom Brady won another Super Bowl I was upset that the Kansas City Chiefs looked nothing like the team that we lost to a couple weeks prior. I was upset that I feel like the Buffalo Bills would have played a far better game than than the Kansas City Chiefs. I was upset that I felt like Josh Allen would have looked a whole lot better in or under the bright lights than what we saw from Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes hasn't played well under the bright lights and that he won't and that he can't. Um, It's obviously or it's obvious that he can. He's he's the Super Bowl MVP from last year. He's p- performed well in great moments. So this is not a slight against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But I felt very, very upset. I felt some kind of way because my team was not there. And, and I feel like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs kind of crapped the bed. I do. I feel like that. There's a lot of talk going around from you know other fan bases and actually a lot of the members of the Kansas City Chiefs who who do feel you know that some of these things have kind of been predetermined if you will by the NFL I will not go that far I do understand how it's easy to come to a conclusion like that because you understand that Tom Brady is Tom Brady and the NFL would probably not want to see him tarnish his legacy by losing the Super Bowl as the quarterback, who was the first quarterback in NFL history to host the Super Bowl at his own home stadium, so you know I understand that that the legacy of Tom Brady was was very very much, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to be the guy to to jump in on conspiracy theories and all that stuff. We talked about Joe and I talked about it a little bit on the Hump Day Hotline a couple of weeks back, and you know I'm just like I, I get it, I, I, but. Even to think that the Bills would kind of not perform well when we played against the Chiefs, I can see it because all year we haven't seen the team look that bad besides when they played the Chiefs previously. But I don't know, man. I don't know. All I know is that, that the Kansas City Chiefs are not the team that I thought they were, even though they are still a very good team and they are miles and miles above or just ahead of everybody in the AFC. They really are. And as much as I do think the Bills would have performed better in the Super Bowl, and I think it would have been a better game, I do still think that the Kansas City Chiefs are better, just period. Front to back, top to bottom. I still do think that Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Sue me. Buffalo, sue me. I know you're going to hate me. I'm going to get some hate for this. It's cool. I love you all. Love on me and beat me up for it. You know, I I can take it. I'm a big boy. But um, I do think that Josh Allen has a step or two to take. I don't think we've seen his ceiling at all. So, I mean, the difference around the league when you're talking about the quarterbacks from that draft class, I do think Baker Mayfield has reached his ceiling. I don't think Lamar Jackson has reached his ceiling, but I don't think that his ceiling is a lot further than what we saw his MVP season. You know, I think he can improve on some passing. I do think if he was able to or if he was willing to do some of the things that Josh Allen did over the last offseason, I think Lamar Jackson can improve greatly and take a step forward and, and show us some things. But I just don't see that as realistic, you know. Part of the thing about Josh Allen, when people talk bad about Josh and they say, oh, he can't improve. He can't this prior to this last season um, was because in history, it's not common for people to improve accuracy. It's not a common thing for people to improve in areas that Josh Allen took notable steps like and not just like baby steps. This guy took like major steps in the third year. So if Lamar is able to do just some of that and then you you add that on top of his his already very prolific running game. I do think Lamar Jackson can can show us some more things and I do think that they can win with him. I just don't think how the team is currently constructed with the offensive style that they play with Lamar Jackson's limitations as a passer. I don't think that they're going to be able to win the Super Bowl. Not like that. And I love Lamar ja- I love Lamar Jackson. I'm a huge Lamar fan. I love the coach there, I love the defense there, I love the the, the running back, the rookie. Um he didn't look like a rookie to me. I, I I wanted the Buffalo Bills to draft him. You know, we, we kind of, we we drug our feet on running backs and all that stuff, which is cool. I get it. Uh, we 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 drafted Moss in the third round. And Moss, I, I am very happy that we have Moss on our roster. You know, I'm not going to go down the whole running back thing um, like I normally do. You know how I feel. If you listen to the Code of Conduct, you very, very, you are very aware of how I feel about the running back room. But... I'm just going to get into it. Not going to be a long show today. Um, I I was going to have Joe on, um, Joe Miller. We have a lot of things going on together. So that's going to happen very soon. But I wanted to give Joe a break from me. I feel like I talked to him too much and I probably get on his nerves. So I didn't even text him and ask him because we had a meeting actually about maybe an hour ago. We had a meeting with some other people and. You know, Joe is Joe is. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get on his nerve, so I'll, I'll give Joe a break from me right now. I still have Joe Biscaglia that I'm. Uh, you know, we're just lining up our schedules, so that's going to be fun. So we can look out for that. Um, and and like I said, I have some other stuff coming up in the summer. But let's let's get to it. News out of Western New York, or news around the NFL. JJ Watt has been released from the Houston Texans. He requested it; they gave it to him no issues. So, of course, when somebody of his caliber is released, every team around the league should be interested. But the Buffalo Bills have always our fan base. We just have this thing where we just fall in love with every free agent. You know, if he if he was an all pro at some point, can we get him? <laughs> can we get him? Can we sign him? We can sign him. We can get him i know the cap space does not look favorable in that regard do not be confused by the cap space do not be um you know and you know maybe that's something that i'll do for the next couple shows i'll reach out to my man greg over at cover one and actually see if he can come on and give us like a a rundown of the cap space and what options are available for us if we're going to be looking to um possibly sign someone like jj watt J.J. Watt has a lot left in the tank. One of the reasons why every team is interested in J.J. Watt is because he's done, even this last year, he every single play that he was on the field, and if not every single play, I could be exa- exaggerating there, but if not every single play, I can guarantee you it's like 94% of the plays, 95% of the plays that he was on the field, he drew a double team. And if you're drawing a double team, that frees up other players. To do the things that, for instance, remember when we had that guy Starla Tulele starting in the middle of the our, of our defensive line? And you had guys like Shaq Lawson and, and Jordan Phillips getting 10 sacks and 7 sacks. Yeah. Now, imagine having Starla Tulele next season with J.J. Watt. Where both guys will kind of command a double team. And then you got Jerry running free. You got, we have things that we can do now. My man, Epinesa is going to be nice. And I know I know a lot of us are are afraid of how he's going to be and we're slow. You know, he seemed to be slow in his development in certain areas. Epinesa played a very, in my opinion, he played a decent rookie season and I'm happy with him. There's also a lot of, you know, I guess a lot of chatter from what I've seen. I haven't been as active on Twitter um, as of late because of, like I said, I, I've, I'm in offseason mode now. So I wanted to take a break. But I do see chatter about Ed Oliver, and some of us feel as if he hasn't played up to par. Listen, Ed Oliver played a very, very good season. And if you don't see it, I need you to go back and watch some film. And if you don't know, you know, and when I say this, I'm not being, you know, I promise I'm not trying to talk down to people or condescending or anything like that. But if you don't know how to watch film, let us know. There's guys who will gladly explain and, and post, like, specific pieces you know, those guys that cover one do a great job at breaking down film. Eric Turner does a great job. We can ask Eric. I'll, I'll even reach out to Eric and see if we can get him on or something and, and talk to some people who Joe Marino. Let's talk to some people who know how to break down film and show you why Ed Oliver had a great season. No, he might not have given you the 10 sacks, 11, 13 sacks. He's not going to look like Aaron Donald. Because he's not Aaron Donald. And he was playing outside of the role that we really want him to play this year. So you, you bring J.J. Watt, a player like J.J. Watt, to Buffalo, regardless of his past history of injuries, regardless of whatever you think would be a reason we shouldn't have J.J. Watt for the for the very few who feel like you don't want him. Because there's only a couple people in Buffalo, I promise, only a couple people in Buffalo who would not want J.J. Watt. But when you when you look at all of those things, those injuries and whatever else, I don't care. When I think of J.J. Watt, immediately the first thing that comes to my mind is the the pick six that he got against E.J. Manuel when he tried to hit the Dougie. No, that wasn't the Dougie that he was trying to hit, was it? Was it the folks? I don't even know what he. I don't even know the names at all of these dances. It's like dances come out every month, but the Buffalo Bills were in Houston. E.J. Manuel was our starting quarterback. Pick six, <laughs> pick six. Every time I think about J.J. Watt, that play comes to my mind. Not not any other play. He's made phenomenal plays. Strip sacks. He's interceptions. He's made, you know, just like he's always disrupting the offense. But that's the play that I think of. And if you mean to tell me that he's not a every down ba- uh, defensive player anymore, that's fine. If you can give me three of those plays a game, and I'm not saying pick sixes. But if you can be that disruptive to the quarterback, if you're getting a sack, if you're getting, you know, if you're if you're causing pressure on the quarterback that makes him throw it a split second more quickly than he wanted to, yeah. That's what I need from JJ Watt. And that's what we've been lacking on this Buffalo Bills defense. We haven't been getting good pressures. And I don't know how PFF comes up with these grades, but they grade some some of our players very high when it comes to pressuring quarterbacks. However, we're very low when it comes to sacking the quarterback. To me, a pressure doesn't do anything unless it absolutely ruins the play. So if you pressure a quarterback and it causes him to throw the ball out of bounds, if it causes him to throw the ball away, if it throws it at the the player's feet, or even if he throws it and it's inaccurate and it's incomplete, or if it's intercepted, that's what a pressure does. That's what a pressure is supposed to do. Not just, oh, we got within... Two feet of the quarterback, so we're going to call that a pressure. No, that's not pressure to me. Pressure busts pipes. And I need to see some of these players turning the ball over. I need to see some of these quarterbacks getting sacked. I need fumbles. That's pressure. So I'm all in on J.J. Watt. I'm not all in on, the on you know, in the sense of giving him a major, super heavy contract, which I'm sure he'll, he'll ask for. I don't want a multi-year, like three-year, four-year. No, let's give him a two-year deal. Something very, very manageable, team-friendly. We're a contender. So while J.J. Watt has things to bring to the table, so do the Bills. It's a different perspective from years past when you're used to the Bills having to give major contracts and, and have to give so much money for players to want to even consider coming. Now, the Buffalo Bills were in the AFC Conference Championship. They have a franchise quarterback. They have a number one right receiver. They have a very good defense with a number one cornerback. Probably a top three, top two cornerback in the league, depending on who you talk to and depending on who you ask. They have a very solid middle linebacker that is going to be a franchise piece. The Buffalo Bills have great coaching in Sean McDermott. They have good ownership. They have great facilities for people who want to stay healthy. They have a great defensive line coach. They have a great. The Buffalo Bills have things to offer. So now, let's offer a package that is beneficial to him, but also beneficial to us. We don't have to handicap ourselves anymore giving out Mario Williams contracts, Marcel Darius contracts. Just to keep talent in Buffalo. We don't have to handicap ourselves with the salary cap anymore. We also have to think about this offensive line. You got to understand, as much as I want J.J. Watt, I would much rather have four guys, whether it be starters or depth, on that offensive line to continue to protect Josh Allen. Would I rather have that than J.J. Watt? Yes, ten times out of ten. You give me the offensive line that the Indianapolis Colts have. I don't need J.J. Watt. Now it would be nice, and yes, you do need a pass rusher. But what I'm telling you, if I have if I have an offensive line that will protect Josh Allen and allow him to just tear teams up, I, I'll I'll figure it out through the draft. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take you know, lesser contracts with guys who are not as talented as J.J. Watt if I have an offensive line. I need a a dominant offensive line that will allow me to have a running game. I need a dominant offensive line that will not have Josh getting his shoulder hurt. I know he didn't miss any games this year, but Josh still was hurt, and that hurt us against the Titans. It hurt us against the Chiefs. And you saw immediately after he healed up, Josh was a different player again. I want to keep my quarterback healthy. So, yeah, J.J. Watt is a free agent. J.J. Watt wants to go to a contender. The Buffalo Bills are a contender. Let's bring them. But if we can have an offensive line and not J.J. Watt, I'm on the side where I want an offensive line. That's what I want. Another piece of news, which is exciting, fun news. The daughter, well, actually, let me let me take a step back because I don't want to get yelled at like, like Shefty did. Jessica Pagula has upset the number five ranked tennis player in the world for women's. And she has advanced to the the, the quarterfinals, I believe, for, for um, the Australian Open. Listen, Buffalo is on the map and it's not just about the Buffalo Bills. We are on the map and we're doing it. We need the Sabres to kind of to pick it up. We need the Sabres to get back on board. But we got the Buffalo Bills doing big things. We got Jessica Pagula doing big things. We got Griselda. I always mention Griselda. I give love and show love to my boys. I still got to, I was supposed to have Benny on quite some time, you know, a little bit of time ago. I got to reach back out to the management and see what we got, what we can do about that. Cause I really do want to talk to Benny about football. Like I'm sure he does interviews all the time about music. You know, let's talk football, man. Let's talk sports. Let's talk. But congratulations to Jessica. And the entire Pagula family for her accomplishments and everything that she's worked hard to get to. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, very, very inspirational for me. You know, I i know it's I don't play tennis and I know it's a woman's sport. But listen, it is to me, tennis is one of the most difficult sports to play. And when we talk about when we talk about like all these conversations about who's the greatest athlete of all time and who's this and who's that. Everybody likes to put Tom Brady there now, especially recently, because he just won the Super Bowl again. Tom Brady is not on my list even close to being a top athlete of all time. You do understand you can be a top quarterback without being a great athlete. Tom Brady is not in the the top 50 of athletes, in my opinion, of all time. He's not in the top 100 of athletes of all time. Neither is Peyton Manning. That's not... Speaking ill of them, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Peyton Manning is the smartest quarterback to ever play the game. The game is completely different because of both of those guys. Athletes, that's a stretch. So, I say all that to say, Jessica has a shot at playing against, in my opinion, the greatest athlete of all time. And I would absolutely love to see Jessica upset Serena Williams in the Australian Open. That would be a dream come true for me. and Yeah, it's a dream, a new dream, because, you know, I wasn't a huge supporter of Jessica to to my fault. I, I, I'm just not a tennis fan, so I don't watch it often. But I've been following I've been keeping up. This would be a wonderful dream for the Western New York community, for the Buffalo Bills community, for one Buffalo. Let's do this, Jessica. Let's make this thing happen. Let's make this thing happen another piece of news or not news, but, um, I've been, I've been talking to some people about Matt Milano and I know that Matt Milano obviously is, um, possibly going to get a nice payday. And a lot of people are saying that, you know, the Bills should keep him. He's a great corner or cover linebacker. Um, some people are saying, Nope, get rid of him. I'd rather spend the money elsewhere. I am, I am, on both sides of the coin here I don't I don't know where I fall because I understand and I appreciate how good of a cover linebacker Matt Milano is Matt Milano does things that allows the Buffalo Bills to have freedom in other spaces because he's so good at covering guys because he's so good at you know disrupting completions and and there's times that he gives up some pretty good chunks too but but because he's so good at that it's difficult to to undervalue that he's very valuable to our defense. But AJ Klein uh he he played very well. He played very well after you know a couple weeks after Milano was out, he kind of found his way and the coaching staff figured out a way to to integrate him into the defense that made a a positive impact. He got he got defensive player of the week. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just don't know if I value him to that level to where I feel like we have to keep him. We have to retain him. Can't we can't we get a lower level contract for somebody, maybe a a strong safety that can convert to a line outside linebacker who can cover well? Because that's essentially what Milano was. He did that in college. I don't know. I love Matt. I love Matt. I know all the women love Matt. He's one of the most handsome dudes on the team. So I know all the women love him. Uh, But listen, his good looks have nothing to do with the salary cap and it has nothing to do with the team going forward. I would love to retain Matt Milano, but I'm also, again, I think the offensive line at this point, I know I've been pounding the table for a running back drafted in the first round. I think I'm going to change this, man. I'm at the place where I'm looking for offensive line help. I, I'm going to change. I'm going to change it. Um, I, I don't want to run him. I do want to run him back, but not at 30, not at 30. We we really have a need on the offensive line um, that I cannot understate and so so yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm switching, I'm switching my first round pick from being a running back to offensive lineman. It doesn't have to be tackle, but damn it, we need somebody. Moving on again. Cornerback two. This is a position that I've been getting a lot of comments about, a lot of questions. People have been asking. You know, well, I've been hearing about Sherman. I've been, are we going to resign Norman? Are we going to give Dane Jackson a shot? That's what Coach McDermott said, or I believe. Coach McDermott and Brandon Bean mentioned that Dane Jackson deserves a shot at competing for the number two roles opposite Trey. Um, are we going to re-sign Levi? Are we going to draft? There's so many things that you can do um, to address this cornerback position. What are you going to do? First and foremost, I would like to give a shout out to um, my man Norman, uh, Josh Norman, for his uh Buffalo's business blitz. He raised. A great amount of money to keep in the community of Western New York. And he has helped business owners who were having difficulties during COVID. And I cannot thank him enough for that. I love Buffalo. So when people come to Buffalo and love Buffalo, like I love Buffalo, I love them. So Josh Norman, whether you come back to Buffalo or not, whether we're able to run this thing back with you or not, listen, man, I love you and I appreciate you. And wherever you go, you got a fan for the rest of your life, for the rest of your football career, you have a fan in in Jay Spencer King. Don't know if that matters to you, but it matters to me that you love my city. So thank you, man. I love you. But let's talk about it. I think Levi Wallace, there's there's some there's something to go to maybe possibly re-signing Levi Wallace and and you know, really just him and, and Dane Jackson competing that thing out. Because I think Dane showed us enough during the season that that really warrants him having that opportunity. I really do. He, he showed us in his first game, you know, he got the interception and he broke up a couple pass plays. Listen, those were things that we weren't seeing consistently from our guy, Levi. We just weren't. I love Levi, but we weren't seeing consistently Levi make those plays. But towards the second half of that season or towards the end of the season, Levi picked it up. And I don't know if you all remember I had a moment there where I'm like, man, uh, we got to get rid of Levi. We got to get rid of Levi. And then Levi shut me up. Levi got pick six. He got this. He got that. Levi been balling. So I think, again, Levi has earned the opportunity. He's earned the chance to win that job again. Has he played well enough for me to say, oh, no, he's for sure cornerback number two. No, he's not playing Trey White level. My question to you all is how would you all feel about a a Gilmore reunion in Buffalo? I don't know what it would cost. I don't know if it's even something that's possible. But just hear me out. I know you know a lot of Bills fans ran they ran Gilmore especially after he made some some comments like, you know, my family don't get to see me on TV and um You know, just all of that. I get it. (laughs) But just hear me out. Just imagine a football team with Josh Allen as your quarterback. We're on the defensive side of the ball. You have Trey White. And on the other side, you have Stephon Gilmore. Just just hear me for a second. You still got the, the tandem of safeties that we have, which in my opinion is the best safety tandem in the league and if it's not the best safety tandem it's the second best safety tandem and it's not it's not close our safeties are legit what can we do with Gilmore I believe he's still under contract I think he has another year left. he does he has a year left um so it is looking like they're probably going to trade him you know and get some value back for him but man why can't we have a, a, give me something like that, man. Give me something like that. He's 30 years old. Okay, I'm dreaming. Let me stop dreaming. <laughs> Let me stop dreaming. But another area of need as well, which might not seem like an area of need because we've had a deep roster this this past season, um, the wide receiver room. And it's not a need in the sense of we need better players or we need more players or it's not there. But it is a need in the sense, well, Gabriel Davis has performed very well. Do we cut or do we keep John Brown? Do we re-sign Kenny Stills? What are we going to do with our offensive weapons? What are we going to do? Because keep because cutting John Brown, obviously, I know you've all heard it. If you're, if you're listening to my pod, I'm sure you've listened to other podcasts in the Buffalo Bills community. So we all know John Brown saves us $8 million if we cut him. That eight million dollars can go a long way to signing guys like JJ Watt. But do we but but do we want to cut a guy like John Brown? Has has Gabriel Davis shown us enough for us to say, John can go. Is Kenny Stills good enough to be the guy that replaces him? Y- you remember um, the Buffalo Bills also extended a, a futures deal to a couple guys. And, and one of those guys was, you know, touchdown Jesus or hair touchdown Jesus or whatever they call him, Jake <laughs> uh So, again, we have a, a receiver that played in a game for us. We still have Duke. We signed Duke to a futures contract, I believe. Uh you know, so so we have some we have some options. I would personally like to see Duke, and I talked about this last week with Sterling. I would personally like to see Duke give it a shot and transition over to the tight end position. I think Duke has the build to to be kind of one of those hybrid tight ends, kind of like a Travis Kelsey, where he's big enough he can block, but he can run a route like a receiver. He has hands like a receiver. he's a dog Josh Allen loves him he was targeted the most a year ago in the wild card playoff game so obviously Josh loves him I want to see Antonio Williams get a shot in that running back position there's so much that we could talk about when it comes to these future contracts and all this stuff but that wide receiver room is is something that you know you don't really want to you don't want to ignore it either because like I said that John Brown move is a big move Kenny Stills, is he going to play? That's a big move. It's a big move. I don't see this team moving on from Cole Beasley in any capacity. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is here to stay. We're happy. Josh is happy. He's happy. But there's a couple things that we need to keep our eye on in that John Brown situation. And also, if we're going to try and retain Kenny Stills, those are two things that I have my eye on. And if we don't. Is it because Gabriel Davis and Isaiah Isaiah Hodgins are are good enough to just step in those roles? Do we do we feel confident that those guys are good enough to just step in those roles? We'll see. We shall see. So that that was, um, you know, all my random thoughts about the Bills this year or, you know, Heading into the offseason, like I said, I'm in offseason mode. So, um, you know, those are those are some of the things that have just been on my mind over the last couple of days with everything that's going on. Um, I will be I'm not going to be shifting my show and I'm not going to be shifting the content to basketball, but I am a huge basketball fan. So with the lack of live news about the bills, you know, when when like right now, there's still a lot of news and we got the draft coming and we have a couple of things coming. But there's always a dead spot in the summer. Um, and with the way that the seasons have lined up this year, it's going to give me a good opportunity to talk some basketball. Um, I was going to still and stick with my guys over there at, at Crossover and, and, and just do my Lakers pod over there. But I think what I'm going to stick, what I'm going to do is just is just put everything I got into to, um, the code of conduct over here with the Buffalo Rumblings Network. And as I do that, I'm also going to try and, and grow the show to be able to be a solution for for sports content for more people than just Bills fans so during the offseason I think I'm going to try and and start bringing more news about more teams and more sports than just the Buffalo Bills and just the NFL and I'll start to talk about a little bit more so you know if there's anything you guys want to hear me talk about let me know let me know in the comments drop a review leave me a review if it's a one star let me know man you suck (laughs) if I'm good give me that five man let me know I'm doing a good job but either way y'all know how I do this Take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as usual, go Bills, stay positive, and test negative. Let's go.